Love that old school WCW opening right there. But uh, you know what else? I'm just uh, just uh, loving my folks over at Nacho Mama's food truck, man. Gourmet nachos, best nachos in the universe, the planet, wherever you want to go. They are the best thing going today. Woo! Yeah, that's right. That's what Ric Flair would say if he went and ate these nachos, man. Let me tell you where they're going to be this Wednesday, which is tonight as this podcast drops. September the 30th, Black Raven Brewing in Redmond, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Thursday, October the 1st, man, 1st October already, Optimism Brewing on Capitol Hill, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then Friday, man, one of my favorite places, October the 2nd, No Boat Brewing in Snoqualmie, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then Sunday, finishing out the week, October the 4th, Ridgecrest Public House in Snow, no, not Snoqualmie, in Shoreline, baby. Uh, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then uh, for specials this week, mm, 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 mm. chicken bacon ranch nachos, cheddar cheese sauce, spicy chicken, bacon, zesty ranch, tomatoes, and arugula. The back of my mouth right there was like starting to water up because it just tasted, you know... (laughs) tasted so good i could taste it just reading that that's how great these nachos sound and then uh a tofu ceviche tostada and then a caramel apple blondie for your dessert your pleasure dude that sweet tooth anyway nacho mama's food truck nacho mama seattle.com Nacho Mamas SCA on Twitter, Nacho Mamas Seattle, Facebook and Instagram, hashtag Nachos and Beer, hashtag Nacho Mamas Seattle. And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got him death. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo! We are leaving the station! L Train, take us out! Hey, yo, this is the L-Train. We're back. Episode number 171. Somehow, the last time I talked to this guy, or wait, I should say the first time I talked to this guy was episode 11, by the way. He's been on a few other shows. He is the human horror show, the devil himself. Drexel, buddy, how you doing? Greetings and salivations. Uh, coming to you from the land of roses and riots here in Portland. How you doing? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good tonight, man. Just uh, chilling on this Tuesday night. I'm home. Uh, just put the pizza in the oven for the family. The wife's going to hold off. Or there's this other thing on TV tonight. But, you know, most people are wondering what we're doing tonight. You know, there's these other two old guys on TV. But uh, we're going to do our thing tonight. And uh, maybe I'll watch that later after I drink a few glasses of wine. I, I I honestly just think Jerry Springer should be the uh, the host of the whole event um, because that's uh, how white trash it's about to get. So, dude, 
you aren't not wrong. That would be fucking lively, dude. Like the two of them just like start just throwing down, get that push up contest going, like they were talking about. And, yeah, you know. and then suddenly uh, South Park characters of a giant douche and a uh, turd sandwich both come running out there as the mascots. <laughs> It'll be perfect. That uh, I, I swear to God, we are maybe a decade away from idiocracy uh, really becoming a uh, a real thing where they're trying to put Gatorade out on the crops because you know plants need electrolytes. <laughs> See, we should be booking this shit right now instead of, you know, whoever is the head of uh, whatever's going on over there. But I swear to God, if this was wrestling, people would shit all over it for being like, oh, no one would believe any of this crap. <laughs> it's going to be some hot promos in there tonight. I'll <laughs> anyway, man, I, I usually don't get into too much in the politics on this podcast. We usually keep it on the, the fun, positive side, but it is what it is tonight, my man. But uh, thanks for yeah. coming on tonight, man. It's uh, It's been, uh, I think, a year and some since we last talked, so uh, good hearing from you. How the hell are you doing down there? I'm uh, I'm surviving, uh, trying not to bash my head into walls, uh, dealing with everyday uh, society and uh, the meat sacks that uh, that take up all the air everywhere. Um, but uh, <laughs> besides that, I mean, I'm I'm glad that I've now started doing a little traveling to uh, to wrestle again because not wrestling since March was. Uh, Kind of driving me insane. I, I mean, when uh, the shutdown happened, what was it, the second week of March, I had so many things lined up and so many great opportunities and opponents, and uh, and everything got shot down. And by about month two or three, I was climbing the, so, the walls so bad that I became a hiker, of all things. I'm not exactly Mr. Nature, but I had to do something to get the hell out of my house. It was just uh, such insanity, and I had no release. Um, so I'm just happy to be able to get get back in the ring now it's, even if i'm uh, having to travel to the other side of the country to do it uh, dude i'm gonna ask you plenty about that but it was also funny that you mentioned that hiking thing right there because uh you know i, t I take a little note sometimes with other guys like yourself i don't have to take my take too many notes because i kind of know stuff off the internet i'm going from you know on t the, yeah. the latest shit for you guys is what i'm trying to say in a very long winded explanation there but uh you know i was uh i was uh See, now I completely forgot where I was going. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, talk about the hiking. I'm assuming probably That's what it was, man. Stuff. The hiking, your dog, man, it was super badass. Some big dog guy. We got a dog here. He's a little bit older. He doesn't do a lot of hikes anymore, but he's right there with us. Big uh, animal fans here, man. But uh, tell us about the hikes. Tell us about what's the name of your dog, and uh, just break that down for us real quick. Uh, I've got an American bully, uh, and his name is Sin. Uh, when we uh, when we rescued him, his uh, official name was Cinnabear, but uh, I shortened <laughs> it down to Sin. Uh, he's about a little 75-pound uh, sausage, pretty much. And normally bullies, and he's got kind of the shorter legs and stuff. They don't like to hike, but he loves it. As long as he's good up to about two, three miles, then he starts slowing down. And I don't know over, uh, especially during the spring and middle of uh, the COVID uh, shutdown down we were out there hiking i don't know maybe four sometimes four or five times a week and going anywhere from five to ten miles it was it was pretty crazy it was just uh something to do uh that didn't involve sitting in front of my uh my tv or my computer and i had to get out of the house i had to do something so dude that's awesome and i saw those like pictures you were putting up on uh, twitter you know social media whatever it might be but uh yeah 
it, that was pretty much just so uh, my family and friends knew that uh, I wasn't <laughs> dead somewhere because I'm I'm very much a uh, a uh, a hermit by uh, just my normal uh, everyday life. So as far as most people were losing their mind a lot quicker than uh, I was for the COVID shutdown. I was kind of okay with like, cool. I don't have to see people. I don't have to like <laughs> interact. That that's pretty awesome. I, you know, the fact that I went from uh, having to fill my gas tank with between driving around for shows and just for life a couple times a week down to I think I was filling the gas tank every like three weeks. It was just insanity. The I went from driving God knows how many hours every week to maybe an hour for the entire week. It was just it was such a shutdown. It, it was it was a nice change of pace. I I haven't lived like that since probably I was a, a kid at some point. <laughs> well, I'll even say you know uh, I work in healthcare and suddenly you know we weren't going to see as much people. I'm a, I'm in a primary care, so unless gotcha. it's like a you know a major thing, we're not going to see you for physicals and blah 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 blah. But anyway, I got to stay home for six weeks, and it was like weird the first couple weeks, man. I was like the hell do I do? My wife still had to go to work. My son's 19, 20 years old. He sleeps till one, two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I get up in the morning when I'm supposed to go to work, you know, cause I can't sleep any later cause I'm an older dude, you know, yeah. and fucking, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself, but then eventually I kind of settled down, started watching things, you know, make sure I did different things each day, work in the garage a little bit. And, but yeah, you know, it was, it was the weirdest damn thing ever. You think yeah, you're like, oh great, I'm going to be key, off this amount of time. The key was to keep no. keep yourself busy. I mean, that so many people I talked to that were just losing their minds because they weren't keeping themselves busy, and you know, you can only play so many so many video games and binge watch so many TV shows. You got to find some kind of uh, some kind of outlet, and I mean, <laughs> uh, for wrestling, that kind of chocks up the physical uh, outlet, also the creative outlet, and a, and a whole bunch of boxes that that marks. And uh, with no wrestling in my life. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit crazy. I, I know there's several wrestlers that I, I took out uh, hiking there, are local guys that uh, were just losing their mind. I'm like, come on, at least like go walk some of it off. Let's go walk for, you know, five miles, and uh, I bet you feel less uh, less tense afterwards. So. <laughs> and how weird was it, you know, as yourself, you know, because there there's been a lot of wrestling going on here in the Northwest, you know, and beyond for a lot of you guys, you know, out of the Northwest. But yeah. how tough was it not, you know, okay, next week I'm doing this, this, and this, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, you know, all those days, and suddenly, oh, I got nothing to do those weekends. And does that also affect your, you know, how you're paying your bills? Oh, yeah, 100%, because uh, last year I had uh, stopped doing any other jobs besides just being a graphic designer and wrestling. That was my, my whole life. I'm an independent graphic designer with GrindhouseGraphics.net, and then wrestling, and so... uh that uh, COVID shutdown, it probably killed a good 60 to 70% of my graphic design business because I did a lot of event posters and, uh, and things like that. And then all my, wrestling, uh, all my wrestling dates. And I was pretty much booked up through March, April, May, and June. I was booked almost every weekend. And the, uh, the list of opponents and shows that I was booked for, was it was really disheartening. Um, there was at one point that I, I actually thought about like, all right, well, I guess I'm just done wrestling because, yeah. you know, we've talked and I'm not the youngest guy uh, around, especially uh, in the area. I'm one of the older guys and, you know, I don't <laughs> know how much time I've got left. But when uh, when everything got shut down, just a, a small list of guys that I was supposed to work um I had uh, death matches with uh, the GCW champion Ricky Shane Page, um, oh, wow. uh, Casanova Valentine, and Mance Warner. 
And then I had other matches against uh, Danhausen, um, Hornswoggle, uh, Papa Shango, uh, oh, yeah. uh, another match with Sue Young. Um, there was just so many great opportunities and companies I was supposed to be working for. Uh, I was supposed to be down Mania Weekend down in Tampa working stuff and, and discussing uh, possible other dates with other companies. And then it was just all pulled out from underneath me. So I actually was pretty bummed for a little bit there. And um, uh, Dr. Luther, who is doing really, really well right now at uh, AEW, uh, I was talking to Luther and I told him, I'm like, maybe I'm done. And he, he's like, shut up. He goes, you know how many times I said that? And he goes, I'm, uh, I'm now working full time for AEW. He goes, never, never say that you're done unless you're really done. I'm like, yeah, I get it. So I kept going. And uh, then once things started opening up, uh, some opportunities popped up. And, and uh, now I'm uh, starting to get busy again. So, you know, there's happy thoughts going through my, uh, my <laughs> twisted brain. So you're getting through that pandemic. We're going to get to that stuff here pretty uh, soon that you're moving on to, man. But, uh, you know, if you don't mind me asking real quick, if you don't mind answering, man, uh, I know you went to some of those uh, riots down in Portland. Like, you know, we had some in Seattle, but, man, it seems yeah. like Portland's fucking getting off the hook. You're getting these crazy bastards coming in from uh, from out of town with their trucks and their hillbilliness. So- and, you know, yeah. if you, if you don't mind comment on that, I usually don't, you know, get into this kind of stuff on the podcast, but you, you know, you're down there right in it and go ahead if you don't mind. Well, so, I mean, I saw the riots back in the early nineties and, uh, you know, growing up in, in Detroit, I, I've dealt with pol- uh, police brutality since I was a little kid. I mean, I think I was like 13 the first time I was put face down in the cement by a police officer for being in the wrong neighborhood, simply because I was over at my cousin's house. Uh, we were, uh, he lived in, uh, out in the west side of Detroit, and we were just walking down to the corner to go get a, uh, go get a soda, go get a, uh, uh, a Coke, and uh, cops pulled up jumped out and put us face down in the cement. Why? Because we were the wrong color to be in that neighborhood. So I, I've dealt with stuff my entire life. So um, when I had friends that wanted to go out and protest, even though I, I felt like I was a little little too old to protest by this point, like I protested back in the 90s, but, you know, I'm 45 now. And uh, But once the, uh, the feds came into town and the way they were acting, um, I kept, I would go down there just to see what the true story was because if you look on the the internet every side both sides are so skewed of how they're doing nothing wrong and it's all the other side's fault so i want to go down there i want to see it for myself and in the first week when it was just the portland police i literally watched them open fire with tear gas because someone threw a empty water bottle up in the air this the plastic water bottle something that you would see at any concert in an amphitheater where you'll just see those plastic bottles getting rained down on security and stuff i saw one go flying through the air didn't make it to the actual place it just went from the back of the crowd to maybe the middle of the crowd and there's about 2000 people out there and it, that that was uh, that was what set off the police to start uh, tear gassing, mm. and so you know I I saw what what was really going on, and then once the feds got out there, it seemed even worse. Where uh, at a certain point they would come out, and it was about every fifteen minutes they would they'd come marching out, they tear gas the crowd, and then they'd march back into their little hole, and uh, they. 
would do 15 minutes. And so the, the protest would always start off peaceful with people just chanting, holding up signs. Um, and then, you know, an hour, hour and a half of being tear gassed uh, every 15, 20 minutes, people start getting angry. So that's when the, the fence starts getting sh- uh, shook and they're trying to pull down the fence a little bit. That's when they start throwing things back. And, uh, you know, two hours into it, now the people are getting pissed because they've been being tear gassed now for two hours every 15 minutes. And now they start lighting fires and now they're starting to throw stuff. And all, all it would do is just give the footage uh, to uh, to the feds of what they needed. It was it was very much of let's just work the situation, get the footage that we need, and that's what we're going to put out on the media. Um, so I don't know. It's a giant screen system. I I don't believe that defunding the uh, the police is going to do anything, but make a bunch of uh, police officers that were already doing bad things go out there and uh, <laughs> and for some reason have a chip on their shoulder and feel like they need to do even worse things. I think uh, what should should happen is they need to put the police unions in check and police need to be held accountable like anyone else but currently we've got a society where politicians and police and pretty much anyone with any kind of wealth is not held accountable for their actions um, like just the average citizen and until that happens there's never going to be true democracy or true equality so I mean that's what it comes down to uh, I, my main thing now is I tell people to go out there and uh, make sure they vote because, you know, that's that's the only voice that we truly have is voting. And uh, hopefully it's not too late. And uh, if someone is voted out, they uh, they actually leave peacefully and it doesn't turn to our own uh, mm. new civil war. But who knows? Uh, right now, after <laughs> 2020, nothing would surprise me. Oh, you are correct, sir. This 2020 has been something else, and uh, anything could happen. I, mean, I, I, I can see us having a civil war, and then there's a super volcano that goes off, and then Godzilla comes out of the super <laughs> volcano and starts mashing up the West Coast. And, oh, yeah. It, it, just such a uh, such a mess, and then everyone will be on social media uh, screaming, "Why? Why did this happen to me?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, man. But uh, you know, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. I I didn't go down there. Me and the wife kind of saw the first couple nights in Seattle, and we're like, "Yeah, I'm not really." Uh, you know, I'm older, but I'm also not in that greatest shape at the moment to be out there running around, getting chased around and stuff. So I didn't do it. But, you oh, know, I appreciate mean, it. It's no joke. Getting tear gassed is no joke. That stuff sucks. I mean, I I got some footage up on my Facebook where uh, it's, uh, all right, let's march in there. Okay, get tear gassed. Let's mar- uh, get, out, get out of there. All right, coughing, coughing. Got snot coming down your face. You're crying. All right, let's get wiped out. And it was yeah. what was really nice down there is like the uh, the the wall of moms, and they had lots of volunteers out there, so that you would uh, you would run a, a block or two to get out of the uh, tear gas, and people would usually be waiting with water so you could rinse out your eyes or eye mm-hmm. rinse and stuff like that. Oh, and man. then you'd just go march back in, completely uh, ready to get uh, tear gassed again, and hopefully not get any uh, rubber belt bullets being shot at you oh, no, so that's i mean i was literally standing in a crowd of 30 and 40 something year old moms and uh doctors and it was a bunch of professional people and there was no there was no hey there's the group that's causing trouble it was just we're gonna come out there and uh, and tear gas everyone they didn't care so oh, it was God. absolutely ridiculous um 
And then I would end up fighting with people that lived on the other side of the world or the other side of the country that were telling me what was going on in Portland. And uh, nothing irritated me more between that or uh, people that want to argue ver- via memes. <laughs> I, uh, I'm all about debate. I, uh, I worked in morning radio for 15 years. I, I will talk back and forth, and I know everyone's got an opinion, and I can respect everyone's opinion. Uh, but when you just keep firing the same memes at me over and over again, it gets you blocked really quick. And I'm not a blocking type person. <laughs> no, what I've seen, you've always uh, been pretty uh, open on that social media type of stuff. So anyone that's doing that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I am pretty open with, uh, you know, not all my personal life gets put up there, but as far as my opinions and stuff, I, you know, I'll speak my opinion and everyone else can speak their opinion. And I'm not trying to censor anyone. I'm a big, uh, big uh, supporter of uh, of our, our right to, uh, to free speech. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I think after uh, 9-11, we uh, signed over a little bit too much power with the, uh, the Patriot Act and all that stuff. And unfortunately, now that we've given all this power to the government, uh, trying to get that power back is never going to happen. Once you uh, take the cork off the bottle, you can't put that cork back on. Yeah, that was a fucking weird time, man, uh, doing all the stuff. They just kind of overwrite stuff. God damn it. Let's let's talk wrestling. We got to get away from this shit. Oh my god. All right, all right. Otherwise, we'll spend here all night. I mean, god damn. Anyway. <laughs> you know, you talked about it a minute ago. I was going to ask you about some of the the pandemic wrestling, you know, like the WWE what they're doing, AEW, but uh, speaking of AEW, you mentioned that dude a minute ago, man. How cool is it to see the one and only uh Dr. Luther you know, working over at uh, AEW, doing his thing, you know, uh, it's great to see a guy. Yeah, the first time I saw him was on a DOA show, by the way. Okay. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> it couldn't have happened to a better guy. He had so many opportunities that were, were dangled in front of him uh, back in the 90s and then pulled out. Um, and uh, so uh, he... Uh, for this to to come about and for him to get a, a full-time job uh, as a wrestler and uh, a trainer now is uh, is just amazing. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. And I mean, I always tell people without Luther, there would be no Drexel. Um, because early on in my career, when he took over uh, booking Portland Wrestling, uh, the owner of Portland Wrestling was going to get rid of me because of my affiliation with uh, the radio station because he was looking for another radio station to be a sponsor. And it was Luther who went to bat for me and refused to let me go and went and put me from being a radio announcer to a uh, to a manager and uh, and helped me a lot especially when it came to psychology and what to do when he he talked to me a lot we'd have long conversations so I owe a lot to Luther so I'm I'm so happy that he's doing well and then his uh, his tag partner in chaos project uh, Serpentico I've also <laughs> known for seven eight years at least and also a great guy that has been wrestling for uh over 15 years and and totally deserves the spot so to see the two of them working together is amazing i'm, I'm super happy for them both oh man the first time i saw him pop up from underneath the ring or however that came out that first time on aew was so fun because i was like oh my god that's that guy you know da, 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 da. i think it was like doa i don't know anniversary it was one of those uh 
It was the the cage match, the the war games gotcha. thing. Yep. You know, yeah, first time I, I made was, it down uh, the there. war games match, and uh, actually we had to mess with that booking if I I remember right because uh, Luther had tore his tricep the month before, and one of his triceps uh, was not attached to his arm when he uh, wrestled in that match. Yeah. Damn. He's a uh, former FMW uh, hardcore uh, deathmatch legend. So when it comes to uh, he, he'll go through some pain uh, when it comes to uh, pro wrestling. That and he trained up in uh, Calgary uh, with the Hart family, so he was uh, tortured as he came up, like everyone else up there. Well, especially uh, in the early uh, late '80s and early '90s. Well, just being a fan and knowing what I know, you know, a big fan, knowing what I know of uh, what happens at the uh, the dungeon. You're a tough oh, yeah. son of a bitch if you go through. <laughs> you go through there. <laughs> Even just plain yep. wrestling fans know that, like. I'm a, you know, they probably let Stu go in there and just latch on to everyone. But, well, uh, it, it's not even that. It's just you should walk by and Stu, uh, hey, here, let, let me see this. And I'll just grab your arm and uh, and start <laughs> twisting. But uh, the actual, uh, the, the the true horrors of, uh, of the dungeon up there was the, uh, the cat shit everywhere. And uh, Stu would be making, like, pancakes and using the same uh, <laughs> spatula to uh, to flip cat shit off the counter that he was using to flip the pancakes and, and go ahead and trying to feed all the wrestlers and stuff. And I've... Uh, I've heard some crazy stories from several people from back in the day from the Calgary area of just like you would walk in. It was just like some bizarro land, but that was Calgary. So, Holy shit. Speaking of shit. Yeah. God damn. Thanks for sharing that one. I, you know, yeah, I'm, no I'm, I'm going to have a hard time thinking next time I'm eating, you know, pancakes or something. But anyway. I mean, as long as they're not chocolate chip pancakes, you're probably good. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know. No, that was a great story. But thinking of uh, other, uh, do you do you follow kind of a uh, you know TV wrestling right now? WWE, AEW, you know Impact, um, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I watch. I usually watch AEW. I watch NXT, uh, Raw. I tend to watch. It's either in the background or I watch it in fast forward. And SmackDown. If I see that there's something interesting, I might watch it. It gets put on my DVR, but most of the time it just gets erased. So, <laughs> what do you think but, about uh, how they've oh, been doing and, with uh, the- Impact? I've really been actually enjoying Impact a lot. I mean, I've got some friends over there too, but just as far as fun storylines and not taking themselves too seriously. And just being kind of original with things, Impact has been really fun to watch uh, every week, which I can honestly say there's never been a point where I've been an Impact fan, but now I actually am. So, No, uh, my wife and I decided a while ago, it's like we haven't been watching much wrestling, you know, so it was like, hey, let's get that Slammiversary pay-per-view they had a few months back. Man, I really yeah. enjoyed that. That's where a few of the guys from that were in WWE just recently jumped yep. over that got kind of kicked out of there for you know, yeah, nothing the good but brothers money. and, uh, yeah. and Heath is over there now. And, uh, Brian Myers, they got a bunch of really, uh, and Eric, uh, Eric young and EC three. So they got a killer, uh, killer roster over there. And Sue young, who, uh, another Pacific Northwesterner and a uh, friend of mine, her and, uh, rich, um, They've got another pay-per-view, I believe, coming up, and the main event for that is Eric Young versus Rich Swan, and that match is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait for that. That'll be incredible. Like I really write, really love uh, Rich Swan, but I've been a huge fan of you know the other dude for a long time, and uh, he's crazy. That guy just oh, yeah. comes off as just a lunatic, man, and uh, they never really. 
used him right over in WWE and NXT because there's just so many you know people over NXT, there. NXT, he had a great run with Sanity. Sanity no, looked like it was awesome, true. like they were going to bring him up and give him the Shield, uh, Wyatt family uh, type uh, push, and instead they brought them up and did nothing and then disbanded them, and I don't know. I You never know what's going on over there. They don't know what's going on over there. So I mean, that's, that's the problem with, uh, with WWE, and you can tell that... Uh, you know, it's all about just trying to kiss the uh, the boss man's ass, and I don't know. I'm not a fan at the uh, the way that they've been doing the COVID testing. Where if you're a company making that kind of money and you're doing one nasal uh, swab uh, a week, uh, where everyone comes in like on a Monday morning to get swabbed, and then they just get to leave, and they can possibly come back <laughs> later on that night for the taping and uh, have you know gotten it during the day and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's BS. I think they could uh, be doing a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more to protect their talent. But then AEW, I know that they've been doing uh, blood testing over there, and those guys are getting tested uh, like three days a uh, three days a week. So if they're there, they get tested when they get into town. They get tested before each day, and it's blood testing. And uh, so t- I've I've got to put it out there. AEW is really taking care of their their talent compared to uh, what WWE is, and as far as what they're paying them, as far as just the way they treat their talent, it's it's really nice. Over, it it seems really great, and uh, you know uh, the the creativity and the fact that these guys get to uh, to help develop their characters is, is awesome. So. Oh, you ain't wrong. I really enjoyed the AEW product, and I don't try to get on the WWE thing. It just doesn't doesn't work for me as much, you know. Now, but I really I enjoy, enjoy NXT. But you can definitely tell the 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 difference, difference. between the what was considered main roster and NXT. And uh, I think Triple H uh, being in charge of NXT is a nice, fresh approach. Um, but at the same time, he's got his handcuffs of at any point Vince wants to pull someone, even if he has no plans and they just yeah. decide to pull someone off. All right, now they've got to lose a belt. They've got to do all this. And that that screws with them. Um, but even with that that uh, that handicap, I, I think NXT is is a really good show in uh each week and way better than Raw and SmackDown. So. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's much closer to what I think the, you know, Maybe the hardcore wrestling fans want to see today, not the WWE fans, and you know, not that kind of fan. There's there's different fans, and every there's something for everybody, right? But there's a different yeah, feel I mean, to it. But it's not even like it's the the work rate show because they've got uh, they've got Fandango uh, on there. They they're doing the uh, the gimmicky stuff. They're just doing the gimmicky stuff in a fun, entertaining way that I think you know kids can be attracted to the NXT product just as much as they could on Raw and SmackDown. So, No, man, uh, you're completely right. But anyway, man, uh, you know, we're talking about pandemic wrestling. What did you think about the empty arenas? AEW, I think, did a little better. Not uh, not to slam on the other product again, or you know, but just AEW kind of having the wrestlers and uh, managers. Having and, noise. That noise, just thank you. Just having noise. The the complete empty sterile WrestleMania sound was uh, I don't know it's just it's off putting and it's really hard to get into matches I can't even imagine trying to wrestle to complete silence it would uh, it, it would get in your head and it wouldn't be fun you'd lose so much fun of it at least AEW by having uh, their uh, their younger talent or the underneath talent the 
talent that was going to be on the dark show as a crowd and having that noise uh, helped so much. Um, I have enjoyed the the cinematic matches. That wasn't a thing before the pandemic. So I li- liked the Boneyard match. I thought the Firefly oh, match yeah. was uh, a nice little head trip and, and very much a... Uh, a Bray Wyatt type story to tell. Um, uh, so I've enjoyed that aspect of the, uh, of the COVID stuff, but yeah, the lack of fans and especially at first when WWE was running with, uh, with absolutely no one and dead silence, that was, that was painful to yeah. try to watch. But, but then they changed to that Thunderdome kind of aspect. I yeah. thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's I don't know. good for, for what they can do right now. Um, I think it looks like a weird dystopian uh, running man type situation, and I probably would have played more into that. But besides that, I think it's uh, great, and it's, uh, you know, fans want to get see their faces up on TV, so it gives them a chance to get their faces out there, and uh um, I don't know what happens if you get a, a any kind of different view or anything if you're uh, you're being recorded for that because they say it's some kind of experience. But uh, I mean, it's much better than the silence. Anything was better than the silence. Oh yeah, and you, you know there was a few idiots in there that did something with the KKK and you know oh, some yeah, other there's crazy people shit that somehow. Have done that. Uh, it's always going to happen. I mean, it's no different than uh, than idiots out in arenas doing stupid stuff, starting fights, streaking. I mean, it's not as much a thing, but streaking used to be a thing at all sporting events. So it's, oh, it's yeah. nothing new with people trying to get out there and doing stupid stuff to do it. You know what shut down streaking at sporting events? The major sports decided we're not going to put it on TV anymore. So the people yeah, are like, exactly. well, goddamn, I can't get out there on TV anymore. Why am I going to do this, even though I'm going to go yeah, to jail? Yeah, I don't want to do it for a live crowd. Like, they're <laughs> just going to see it and then forget all about it. I need to be able to record that so I have it for <laughs> posterity. If you're going to do something stupid and go to jail, it's best to have it on video. So Exactly, exactly. You, you know, you got to make it worth the while. But anyway, exactly. man, uh, you know, beyond the, the TV wrestling of the big ones we were just talking about, uh, you know, there's been some... Uh, some outdoor shows that you can watch on IWTV, on uh, on Fight, you know, GCW, Beyond. There's been a few other ones uh, doing these outdoor shows at these parks, at these amphitheaters, things like that. And uh, as a fan, yeah. I've kind of enjoyed paying my, you know, 10, 15 bucks on a Saturday or a Sunday and checking out these guys. Uh, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think about these things? Um, so... It all depends on what city it's going on because I just wrestled on a show in Michigan and it was in 15 years the first time that I've ever wrestled in a backyard. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I've i always been very much against backyard wrestling, but it wasn't like it was a backyard show. Enzo was on the show. Madman Pondo was on the show. It was all pros on the show, but it's just so weird. Uh, they were actually, I believe they were supposed to be running at a park and then things got switched around and the show was in Michigan. So they ended up having to run in a yard. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's different, but at least wrestling is happening. Um, I think if, if, if you are going to run right now, being outside and being able to exercise the social distancing and, uh, and, and masks and stuff like that, I think it should be allowed. And, uh, I'm going out to New Jersey and in the middle of October in New Jersey, in a cornfield, I'm going to be wrestling for ICW no holds barred. So, uh, that'll be a definite first for me also. 
Um, I don't know, a lot of firsts for right now in wrestling. So <laughs> as long as I get out there and, and uh, get to hurt myself and others, that's all I really care about. Oh, my God, man. Uh, and, you know, and as a fan, like I said, I've been enjoying kind of checking out some of those shows, seeing what's going on, guys like Alex Zane and, uh, and more. And, you know, it's just really yeah. uh, been a lot of fun when there's not really a bunch of shows around this area. Yeah, just well, jump. there's nothing, and yeah. there can't be the like uh, even the ones that there's a, a lot of states that don't have commissions. So even if they're uh, they're running an outlaw show, as far as there's no commission, so they're running outlaw compared to normal events in their state. Um, but you can't even do that out here because if a company tried to run an outlaw show in a backyard, the commission would step in and you'd lose your license. And when uh, shows can happen, you'd never be able to run again. You'd lose your license and stuff. So, yeah, we're at a complete standstill. I don't. I doubt there'll be anything before uh, uh, 2021 in the Pacific Northwest, at least. Wow. Um, California is... I think might you might get one or two uh, outdoor shows. Uh, we'll see what comes up. Uh, I know uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is doing their uh, their crowdless taping, um, and then uh, uh, actually right around here, um, I don't know if they've they've kind of officially announced it. They've made mention to it online, but uh, without a cause, uh, just did a, a kind of a, a TV taping. They're going to be releasing a TV show on their Twitch channel and uh, on IWTV. Uh, if I wasn't supposed to announce it, sorry guys, but uh, that'll be coming up pretty soon. <laughs> uh, we just did the taping for that. It was a, a lot of fun. So um, we we did the uh, AEW model and uh uh everyone that showed up all had their their temperatures checked and all that stuff and we uh we were open more of a, a bigger area and we used all the wrestlers uh, that were there for the taping were used as the crowd for uh for noise in the background and for uh cheering and stuff so i don't know the tapings came out really really uh good i had a couple fun matches and uh I uh, will uh, give a little teaser that uh, I got a brand new soul, so uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, that's funny because we're on the same page here tonight, man. You're like reading my mind with that little, <laughs> you know, that devil thing you got going on because I did write that down. I was like, you know, you uh, on 27, you said something about, uh, you know, I quote, home after some super secret uh, underground fighting without a crowd. People yep. were hurt. Papa's got a brand new sola dude so i uh, appreciate you sharing that i can't wait to see that yeah I, I hopefully it'll be coming out in the next few weeks uh, i'd say sometime in the next month i'm i'm really excited and uh hopefully it does well uh, when they run it on their twitch and does well on iwtv and we'll continue doing these tapings uh up until uh we can start uh start running actual live shows again and i know uh prestige will can't wait to uh, for Prestige to start running in 2021. Um, they had that deal with uh, GCW coming out here, and uh, now uh, we're making uh, making connections with other people, like uh, me working for ICW. Hopefully, we'll be getting them out here and maybe doing a little more more deathmatch stuff out in the Pacific Northwest. Because for some reason, even though I've been a uh, a, a wrestler for 15 years i i've suddenly now because of a couple uh shows and me liking to do hardcore i am now being introduced as a deathmatch wrestler so uh <laughs> i may as well just take it and run with it i just did a uh a podcast last week where they just kept referring to me as deathmatch wrestler 
Drexel. <laughs> I just I kept laughing. I'm like, I'm just a wrestler. Like yeah. Deathmatch is just a style, and I enjoy it because it's a different way of uh, of being creative and different stories to tell. But in all <laughs> honesty, I'm I'm just a wrestler. I just well, you know I'm kind of I'm kind of crazy, and I, I I'm willing to do death matches. Well, let me just you know that is also on my list here again. We're on the same page, but uh, death matches, man. You know, when I was younger, I liked extreme matches and stuff. And then kind of later, I saw these the death matches, you know, with Bob Wire and the and the tube lights and that kind of stuff. And usually not my thing here, man. But uh, how hard is it for a guy? You know, you said maybe you're a little older right now. You're you're in the four O's like myself. I'm not there much very longer. You got a few more years, but uh, you know how hard is it that for for you to go into a death match, or is it just like you've done this, been there, no problem? Um, I actually I will feel better after a just complete bloodbath death match than if I was to go to Defy and have to wrestle Artemis Spencer in a <laughs> modern day uh, super indie match where I'm having to bump 40 to 50 times <laughs> in that match. I'll feel better after the death match. I, I realized that a few years ago that while I don't have the that I've lost a step or two on my speed and, and getting up and down in the ring and just taking that many bumps uh, was was really starting to break down my body. And with death matching, it's you know it's a little bit more uh, scarification, but I'm not pretty anyway, so I don't really care about that. Um, no one really notices any more scars in my head than I already got or my back. And uh, I don't know, it's. Um, my thoughts on death matches is there's really good death matching uh, matches and there's really shitty death matches. Um, I'm a fan if the guys are out there playing their characters, telling a story, and uh, I'm a huge fan for ICW for that reason, no holds barred. Because when you watch one of their shows, uh, it's usually like six or seven matches, and every match is telling a different story. And like the matches could be using some of the same weaponry and stuff like that, but each story is different. Uh, they they really push the characters and uh, and and how they react to those situations, and I enjoy that. Where I'll also see death matches and tournaments where it's literally just guys hitting each other with light tubes. And I'm going to go for a move. Oh, cut off with light tube. I'm going to go for a move. Oh, cut off with light tube. And by match three or four, I'm falling asleep. I am bored to death because I can only watch the same thing. It's just uh, smash, re uh, you know, smash, grab another thing, smash, and they just do the exact same shit over and over again. I hate that. But at least with ICW, I, I really enjoy the stories they're telling out there. And they're doing death matches at a, at a higher level. They're keeping it at a higher level and uh, not having ring ropes, having the chain around the ring, um, having those platforms give its, gives us its own identity. Um, and I'm really excited to go out there and uh, play in their little uh, deathmatch hardcore uh, <laughs> playground. Um, but I, I don't know. Their last show, um, personally, one of my favorite matches on it was uh, Eddie Only versus uh, Schlock. And it wasn't because of, like, the crazy spots they did. In fact, it was the comeback where Eddie Only is hitting uh, Schlack with uh, with light tubes. And uh, Schlack uh, no-sells three light tube shots. And Eddie Only just looks at the referee and starts trying to tap out. And the referee's like, 
no, you you can't tap out. He goes, no, but I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and Schlack's getting up, getting ready to kill him. Rush's like, no, you can't tap out. Goes, well, then say I can't continue because I'm tapping out. And it popped me so loud to uh, to actually a guy see a guy playing the the bitch role in a death match. You don't see that. Everyone wants to go out there and uh, be a uh, Billy badass, and uh, you know I'm the toughest guy around. And Eddie only goes out there and, and does the opposite. So That's... I'm excited to to do my own. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys do a lot of the same things with light tubes and, and things like that. But I really don't see people. Uh, trying to shove uh, all organic deathmatch weapons underneath uh, uh, people's fingernails and trying to paper cut eyeballs and things that I do. So uh, I'm curious to see how their fan base is going to take to my uh, my own <laughs> twisted reality of deathmatches and what I think uh, deserves to go out there. So so you're saying that deathmatches aren't just a violent, bloody thing. There could be no. a story that goes out no, there with that, like you were just talking there, about. There can be when done right it's no different than any other kind of storytelling i mean look at memphis wrestling in the 70s and 80s it's damn near death matches i mean there's no light tubes but when you look at the amount of blood and it was just cheesy storylines for it and stuff but it's all involving uh you know the the storytelling and it's You've got your tournaments, which tournaments are always going to be kind of the same story of how how much uh, damage can a guy take and all that stuff. But when you've just got normal deathmatch shows, um, you've got the shows where they each match is, is featuring something different. Like when I went back to Michigan, they had a uh, fans bring the uh, weapons deathmatch where everyone got to bring stuff. And then I was in a barbed wire uh, madness where most of our weapons all involved barbed wire. And you, you can split up the matches that way. Or, like ICW and GCW does, you, you split them up by just the stories that are being told. So I prefer the, the storytelling method. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it does go back and forth. It is a, uh, a thing of how tough am I. But when you can put your character and you can, you can actually, I don't know, paint the picture and, and tell a, a story that... You're adding so many more. I I don't want to say props because uh, playing with with broken glass and uh, and barbed wire, it's not exactly a prop because it's all real. Uh, but it just adds more layers to stuff and uh, and changes the stories. And I don't know. As a horror fan, I look at it as uh, uh, different stories that I could never tell in a in a normal uh, uh, wrestling ring. Where uh, when I do hardcore, when I do death matches, I can do stuff that really, really plays into people's heads, plays into their emotions, um, which is. You know, it's lost in wrestling now, where it used to be emotions of trying to get people to hate you. Uh, you can't do that anymore. You'd be canceled so quick to get the true emotional hate from fans. So I try to get the uh, the emotional response from, you know, trying to paper cut someone's eye. It's one of my favorite things in the world right now to do because when I've got the guy's arms trapped and I look out, I see true emotion in people's faces as they turn away and they don't even want to see what I'm doing. And then in return, my opponent, I've had some really tough guys that completely trust me out there, and there has been no playing around when I've got a piece of paper that close to their eye, and they will start firing back and just unloading <laughs> kicks to my head to get me off of them. Uh, there's no, like, hey, let's tease this, let's uh, to milk it. No, they even get freaked out. So I like that aspect of making uh, making people remember stuff just 
surely out of like they don't even have to see me do it it's just the thought of it has just turned their stomach and been so personal that uh it it, it left a mark on them sorry i'm rambling <laughs> no that's that's what a podcast guest is all about my man uh, i love that man uh, thanks for breaking that down for us and I, you know i just want to get to a couple shows before we you know maybe head off tonight but um you know well actually there's one other thing i want to ask you about real quick before we get to september 5th i want to ask you a little more about that but uh, how hard is it to put skewers through a piece of pizza into someone's skull? Um, I mean, about as hard as it is to take skewers in the middle of the uh, middle of your head. It's not. It's not nice. Um, <laughs> the next day, uh, the next at least three or four days, you have perfectly symmetrical dots stuck in your head from where they all went in your head so anyone that has like that weird uh, phobia where they don't like to see the perfect dots next to each other they would totally get grossed out by your head from it oh. um and uh, i've had pieces of skewer uh break off in my uh under my skin and not noticed and two weeks later i thought i had a zit on my head that i was trying to pop and all of a sudden the tip of a skewer came out so oh man um, it, it's a, uh, special, uh, special type of stupid to, to do that. Um, <laughs> when I actually, when I just did that, uh, match in, in Michigan, I haven't had to deal with this in, in quite a while, but every one of the staples that went into me closed oh. where like normally like most of the time they, they don't fully close so I can pull them out pretty easy or as the match goes, they just fall out and I don't notice and I had not noticed. I was. I got done with my match, went back to the merch table, trying to sell stuff, and all of a sudden I feel, and I've got a big lump up in my head. I was like, oh. And then I noticed that I've still got, there There was a, uh, uh, still a, a uh, um, staple in there. And so I'm trying to get it out, and it won't move. And I'm wiggling it, and I turn to this guy, Mavado, who's a 15, 20-year vet in Michigan. And I was like, hey, you got anything that I can pull this out with? And he just <laughs> looks at me horrified like, no. And I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting there wiggling it and trying to get, like, uh -oh. I had just cut my uh, my fingernails, so I didn't have any nails. And I'm trying to get under it and wiggle it and find it. It was a good 10, 15 minute process as I'm sitting at the merch table trying to sell stuff and eventually yanked it out of my head. Oh. And then I turned to Mavado and I was like, hey, can you check the rest of me? Because normally they all fall out. And I had like two more in one of my arms. I had like a couple more in my back. And I think I had one more in my right arm. I was just covered in thumbtacks and had to, or uh, in staples and had to yank all of them out. They'd all closed. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> oh man! So tell us about that. September fifth, you jumped on the plane. I saw the you know your picture on the plane. You're heading out. Probably not too many people on that plane heading down. Oh there. no, it was sold out. Uh, I was uh, flying American. Uh, one of the stupid things, stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Is <laughs> all right. I I understand you're gonna sell out your plane. It's all all about money. That's what the world's based around is money. So I can understand that. But when it, it comes time to get off the plane, I don't want to hear a lecture about how you're going to release each row, uh, one row at a time, so that everyone can, uh, can uh, help uh, do social distancing. We've been in the same plane now, sucking on the same air for the last four to five hours, like right next on top of each other. And now for the last 10 minutes, as we exit off the plane, now you're going to, uh, you're going to stress social distancing. Uh, it, 
just it made no sense. And when they sent me my little survey, I went on a uh, long tirade about how stupid it was. Like, <laughs> I understand if you're not going to do social distancing, but don't tell me I have to sit in my uh, my seat for an extra half an hour because all of a sudden you want to social distance when everyone's getting off the plane. So yeah, we were breathing that same recycled air, and then yeah. they like, oh, everyone just chill out. You know, Jesus Christ. It's- yeah, Sorry. but yeah, the company contacted me and wanted me to come out. I had met uh, their their booker when I was out in Michigan last year, and uh, uh, I got family out there, so I got to go home, go help out my grandma a little bit, do a bunch of work around her house for her, and uh, went and did that death match and had some fun and uh, rolled around some barbed wire with uh, with Chuck Steen, the uh, the king of Detroit death matches is his moniker out there. He's been doing this for a while. Good guy. It was. Uh, Fun match. Do they so. call him Dirty White Boy? Yes, he also goes by the Dirty White Boy. Because um, as we're talking, I've got the uh, uh, la, 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 la. it's your Facebook up, and uh, yeah, that kind of just like you can watch kind of the matches without the sound here. And now you're bringing out the barbed wire and uh, wrapping around his neck a little bit. Looks really nice. Uh, so tell us about this, man. You get off the plane. Does someone pick you up at the the airport? Drive you out there? What, what you know? How well, do you- um, in Michigan, I, I just had my kid brother pick me up. So oh, I was right. staying family. with family, family and stuff. It was a little bit like I uh, I went out there uh, on a Wednesday. The show was on a Saturday, and then I didn't leave for a Wednesday. So I was out there for an entire week. But nice. um, like me coming up for uh, for New Jersey, I'll uh, I'll fly out uh, on Thursday, get out. Uh, I'm flying into Philly, and uh, I'm actually renting a car because I'm a huge Jay and Santa Bob uh, uh, fan, and I've been there one other time, but I'm going to drive up to Red Banks, New Jersey, and go see uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, and also <laughs> they've got a uh, a pop-up movies that they just had in Los Angeles for a couple months. It's actually in Red Banks, New Jersey right now. So I'm going to go to go have movies for uh, for dinner that night, that Thursday, that Thursday night, and probably just go rent a hotel up there. And then I'll head back down to uh, to Vineland, New Jersey, where uh, the uh, the ICW shows. They're going to have uh, their their pit fighter show on Friday, and then on uh, Saturday is a uh, uh, American Deathmatch story. Uh, it's going to be their Halloween uh, Halloween show. So. It's uh, kind of appropriate that the devil himself, Drexel, would make the uh, his debut on the Halloween show. Very, very nice, man. Uh, you know, that September 5th show in Michigan, did uh, did you take your brother there with you, too, to have someone have your back? Yeah. Yeah, well, he he was sitting out in the crowd. He uh, he enjoys seeing me uh, seeing me get hurt. I I tortured him. We're, there's nine years difference, so he says I tortured the shit out of him. I probably did. Uh, I wasn't a nice kid, but uh, him and his uh, girlfriend were there, and uh, uh, he enjoys seeing me do really stupid stuff and watching me bleed all over. Well, just... My grandmother, on the other hand, has still never seen a match. Not even uh, won't even watch a video of a match. She refuses. So. <laughs> She sounds like an incredibly tough and smart lady. Uh, she raised me, so she put up with me. Uh, yeah, she. Yeah, uh, I, I think we she talked, did something. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think we talked about that uh, back way back on episode eleven of the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, your first uh, episode on here ever, which I'll always uh, appreciate so much. But uh, dude, what was also going to ask about that show? Did you get to meet uh, Enzo? Uh, yeah, I, I've met him before. Um, oh, okay. He he legit he walked up to me and just goes, 
I think you're legit crazy. Like this ain't this ain't a gimmick. You like legit crazy. There's something wrong with you. And I was like, yeah, kind of. And I just walked off. Like, I, I'm not going to uh, to feed into uh, to egos. And he was there to sign autographs. He signed autographs. Cool, whatever. Uh, right. Got to meet Mad Madman Pondo. That was pretty cool. I seen him wrestle back in the day. Uh, as far as like watching the videos from death matches back in uh, uh, 15. 15, 20 years ago and stuff with Pondo. So, um, I don't know. It was just a fun show. It was weird wrestling in a, in a yard, but they had uh, put up this huge, nice tent was out set up, um, in the back for uh, was the locker room. And so the tent was actually bigger than a lot of locker rooms that I've been in that have been indoors. So that was nice. Um, then the uh, the police showed up at some point during my match. Oh, um, shit. Uh, I think as one of the neighbors was complaining. Um, so the police proceeded to watch and, uh, I know the, uh, they watched me walk to my car as I, I probably still had dried blood and makeup on me as I went marching down the street to my car to load up my stuff and they watched me, uh, <laughs> drive on by. I'm sure I can only imagine what they were thinking because out here in the Pacific Northwest, people don't really, uh, bat an eye at the dreadlocks and the beard, but no. everywhere else I go, they, uh, tend to look at me as some, uh, either, uh, some kind of crazy freak and obviously have done something that's illegal and wrong and need to be checked out. Dude, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. But, uh, dude, let's get to it. IWC, no holds barred, man. Is it, uh, October 7th? ICW. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, October 17th, New Jersey. Yep. 17th is the show. Yes. And it will be, uh, um, streaming live on IW uh, and independentwrestling.tv. And actually, anyone that doesn't have a subscription to IWTV, if you go there and sign up and use the uh, the code Drexel, D-R-E-X-L, you'll get five free days as you uh, to sign up. So if you just wait until the uh, that weekend, maybe uh, sign up on the 15th or 16th, and you can watch ICW Pit Fighter uh, live streaming on that Friday night and then see, uh, see my debut versus uh, Neil Diamond Cutter, the... Uh, the honey badger on Saturday and uh, get to see me uh, actually skin a honey badger live in a ring and uh, add him to my coat. (laughs) (laughs) Man, these, uh, these guys, ICW, man, no holds barred. They got a tour going on, man. It looks like the October 16th, the 17th, yeah, I November. Yeah, before COVID, uh, they were just starting to uh, get ready to start traveling around. And uh, and so they're, they're going to make a go of it. I, I honestly think that they have, they've now surpassed as GCW has changed up their style as they do less and less death matches. ICW has stopped up as the uh, number one death match company in the United States. So this is, uh, this is my business big tryout and uh if i i went over these crowds and uh went over the uh the owner and booker and stuff like that hopefully i'll be uh doing more of these and traveling around with them uh i don't know huge opportunity for me it's uh because it's not like i'm i'm known for death matches i'm i'm known for hardcore but there is not that much death match wrestling out on the west coast so uh um they're taking a chance with me. I'm strictly off of uh, 
um, some recommendations uh, from some other wrestlers that put me over to them as they're looking for new guys and looking for for uh, new talent to discover. So I'm one of those new talent that's been doing it for 15 years that they're discovering and uh, and they're bringing in for the Pacific Northwest. And if someone's got to represent uh, Pacific Northwest in death matches, it may as well be me. I don't think anyone else is going to do any better. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I bet a bunch of us out here that watch you on uh, the local circuit are going to be joining in on IWTV and checking out that show that night, man. Uh, I got it myself. I know a bunch of other people are going to be checking you out, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully count- it goes well. And who knows? I mean, I'd love to get I uh, I'd love to get them out here. Um, I I see W out here uh, bringing the uh, the ring with the uh, the chain ropes and those pedestals <laughs> and uh, maybe I don't know. Jaden's not exactly a uh, deathmatch wrestler, but uh, he seemed to enjoy our uh, our last deathmatch. And there's some other guys I would love to get Funny Bone in there. I think oh. Funny Bone would be in heaven, uh, especially with those pedestals and stuff. And a few other guys that uh, I think uh, would do really well with ICW. And hopefully we can just expand and uh, we'll bring the tour out here once uh, wrestling can come back. Dude, I hope so, man. The more wrestling out here, the better. You know, we got plenty of great companies. You know, there's been a couple that kind of one or two maybe dropped out recently, but we still got a ton of stuff going on out here. And I'm so proud to be a part of this, you know, wrestling out here and be able to be a fan of it all, uh, you know, a fan of guys like yourself and everyone else that's out here. So I appreciate it so much, man. Uh, Dude, again, October 17th, you're going to – is that your debut with I? Yep, yep. This is my first match. This is uh, it's all or nothing that night. And uh, if I'm going to win over this crowd, and if I'm going to uh, be getting future bookings, so uh, most likely I'm going to go in there with that the headspace of uh, if you die, you die. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to me like if you want to get tickets to this, you can go over to everbright.com. Yeah, you know. I believe there is still general admission tickets. I know front uh, first two rows are definitely sold out, um, and it is still, even though it's it's outside, it's still uh, a limited amount of tickets they're allowed to sell. So uh, uh, definitely get your tickets uh, now while you still get a chance if uh, you're out in the area. And then they're uh, they're heading down to Florida, and then they're back in Jersey, and they've got some other stuff coming up. And uh, hopefully, uh, I'll know after uh, that show. Uh, Hopefully, uh, I'm just going to say that I'm going to keep working for them, and I'm just putting it out in the universe that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kill it, and those crowds can love me, and they're going to think I'm a sick, twisted bastard and someone that deserves to be uh, a permanent fixture of the roster. So I'm throwing it out in the universe, and uh, I'm just going to make it happen because no one else is going to. Brother, as a wrestling fan here in the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to speak for a lot of people. Go out kick that ass, you know, do your thing. Be careful. We don't want you to get a big, you know, David Arquette gash to your neck or anything like that, you know, how he did with Cage. But Yeah, uh, yeah, it's well, it's a little bit of blood. I don't know. <laughs> I I've seen my blood squirting uh like 2 feet out of my head before too, so. Oh, man. Just real quick, what is the worst uh kind of maybe wrestling injury, death match injury, extreme injury you've ever had? If you can uh, break it down. I had uh, something. Uh, I had a piece of barbed wire that was kind of stuck to my head. And as I was trying to pull it out, I had someone kick me in the back of the head, which made it go even deeper. And then when I yanked it out, that started squirting out of my head one time. 
And then I'm not, I think it was actually the metal ring on a table. I uh, went through the side of a table really awkward and the metal ring cut my back and you could see the fatty tissue in my back, um, which uh, I was being, I was being cleaned up after the match. And I believe it was Wade Hess was like, Hey, Baba, you, you see this on your back? And I was like, what? And I look, and you can just see inside and all the fatty t- And I was just like, oh, God, that, that that's ugly. And I was like, can you glue that up? And he's like, yep, yep, no problem. Don't even look at it. I was like, yes, yeah, So he just glued it up, and I uh, I just went out. Went about my uh, my my day, I think. Uh, <laughs> it took a few years, but eventually the scar went away on that. But um yeah, I mean, just those type of cuts. Uh, sometimes it goes extra deep. Uh, sometimes, you know, staples get stuck in your head. Um, and uh, the ones that hurt the worst are almost my hands. I hate how my hands feel after uh, death matches because I end up with, no matter what it is, you just end up with all these little cuts all over your fingers and everything you do, you feel it. And that's the worst part of death matches. Like, you can carve up my head, my back, my chest, my arms, and, you know, minus when you take the shower and it stings like hell and, and, and shit like that. Overall, you can get around uh, each and every day, but the hands are the worst. Hands or feet. Like, if, you, if I was to do a, uh, a thumbtack match and uh, I lost my boot and had to stomp on thumbtacks, I can only uh, imagine how that's going to feel a few days after. But Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not everyone can do it. Um, when done right, I think there's a special art form to it, and uh, I, I'm gonna go out there and, and give it a uh, a try. And you know, if I I can't make it into the deathmatch world, then I'm still pretty damn good at comedy too. So <laughs> I uh, told Prestige since I was supposed to wrestle Danhausen, I still want that match, and I still want Hornswoggle because I, I think I could have a lot of fun with uh, both of those two characters in the ring. Well, I will say this, my friend. I not only love the uh, devil himself, you know, the human horror show, but, uh, you know, you're, uh, what's your other persona, my friend? The, the hippie Drexel. Uh, deadhead? Yes, oh, Yeah, dude. I hate that hippie. Deadhead. I think yeah, that he, was freaking I mean, genius. he doesn't even want to win. He's just all about being pacifist and stuff. Like I loved that, it so. at, uh, without a cause, man. Like, I don't remember. There was a couple different matches. And you were going in <laughs> and out. You know, if you got hit in the head, you'd be one or the other and stuff like that. I thought it was freaking genius, by the way. Not just kicks Thank in your ass. You. But as a wrestling fan, goddamn, this is storytelling right here. Uh, don't, no, no. Why, why are you counting, man? Hold on, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. And I thought I, that I just, was beautiful. I, I like to tell weird stories out there. And if I can translate and tell some some goofy story that I don't think has really been told before, I'm all about it in the wrestling ring. So <laughs> I had fun with that. I think originally we were supposed to tell what happened to uh, the hippie. But uh, if you ask the devil, he has no idea who the hippie is. And he really hates them. And he doesn't want to discuss it. So Oh, yeah. I love you. You're at ringside. Um, I don't know. You were like, where's the devil, man? And you interacted oh, yeah, yeah. with one of the kids. The kids said, maybe he's under the ring. And you're like, that's a good idea. You know, I, I thought that was just great, man. You, like, really put that kid over. You know, he probably will remember that the rest of his life as a wrestling fan. That's what wrestling is. Everyone that wants to tell me about all the moves they want to do, I want to tell them about the uh, moments I want to cement in the uh, the fans' eyes. So <laughs> wrestling is all about moments, and that's what I, I strive for is moments that get remembered. All right, my man, it's time to head off. I'm going to get in there and watch a couple old men yell at each other and have a little pizza. But, uh, you know. I mean, you, might as be, you might as well just slam your head into a door a few times. It's probably going to be just as productive as watching these two idiots. I'm just saying. Well, I might do that first. 
you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, maybe a lobotomy that might help. Uh, I, <laughs> I love you, man. Uh, you got great ideas to help me get thank through you. life. And thank you for the support, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it's kind of crazy that I was on episode eleven, and now you're at what one seventy one? You just said. Yeah, I, years later, my man. I, I can't <laughs> even believe it. I look back sometimes, and I'm like, this is. You know, because this is my hobby. I don't, I don't make money. Yeah. You know, I got a sponsor that helps me maybe with the costs and stuff like that. But uh, I just love Pacific Northwest, Pacific Northwest Wrestling, and I've loved it since I was a kid. Uh, we definitely uh, we love the support. So thanks so much, man. Uh, and uh, we, will, we will talk again soon, um, maybe once uh, the shutdowns have stopped and wrestling is back up in the Pacific Northwest or if I'm uh, – permanently out on the road somewhere uh, we can set uh, set up an interview when i'm uh, out there uh, touring i don't know i got a goal a couple more goals still uh, in the bucket list of i'd really like to get over to japan and even if i gotta go do death matches over there oh why not so big time shit over there with some death matches that's where foley and uh, funk didn't what didn't they yep yeah, yep, yep, yep. well, FMW was uh, always uh, a big one. That's where Luther came from. But uh, wow. Big Japan is the main deathmatch company now. Um, I think I could do really well in Big Japan or DDT. I think I'd have a lot of fun over in DDT uh, because they just do some weird-ass <laughs> shit over there. So <laughs> I'd be entertained with that at least. All right, my man. Uh, you know, if you want to get the Drexel merch right now, where do you go to get that stuff? Uh, Drexel merch right now, uh, pro wrestling tees, uh, the devil Drexel on there and, uh, probably in the next week or so, uh, on, uh, uh, brain buster, uh, brain buster tees. I'm going to be opening up a, uh, I actually just got all the paperwork in, uh, uh, I'll be opening up a store very soon, but I'm, uh, waiting to have a new design up. I was looking at possibly, uh, doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre-inspired design and having a new design to put up there. But I love how Brain Buster prints up on, on beanies and sweatshirts and everything else. So I'm uh, going to put up a bunch of my other uh, my older designs, but maybe in different ways, uh, different color options, things like that. So look forward on, uh, on Brain Buster coming up. Social media? Social media, just look for me at the Devil Draxel. That's where you find me on most spots on uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, uh, Derek Drexel Dutton. It's it's my own personal account on on Facebook. Uh, I periodically have to uh, delete people off of there because I'm right around that 5,000 friend limit or so. So uh, if I, I don't immediately add you, um, don't be offended. I will leave you unadded so you can at least follow me and contact me and stuff like that. So um, just know that I didn't add you just because I've got, you know, that stupid 5,000 uh, <laughs> uh, person limit that they have on there for no reason. And so. my man, uh, a quick final thought from you tonight before we head off to the distance. Uh, and, uh, we're everyone be safe, and uh, I can't wait for wrestling to come back to the Pacific Northwest, and make sure and check me out on ICW, and, uh, and I don't know, watch the show, uh, maybe get on Twitter and, uh, and tweet the shit out of them about uh, how crazy of a bastard I am and about my all-organic deathmatch weapons. Uh, I know Mr. Pointy and Nubbins are both definitely going to uh, New Jersey with me. And uh, I, I'm hoping to use the, uh, the gator teeth on the uh, Honey Badger's forehead. I think that'll be a, uh, a, a good time. So. so ICW, no holds barred, October 17th. It's in New Jersey, the Field of Fear. We can watch it on IWTV. Is that correct, my friend? 
That is correct. It's going to be live streaming that night. All right. Looking forward to watching it. Looking forward to seeing you again live someday, my friend. And uh, you take care. You too. uh, The best to you. Be careful in those death matches, my man. I will. Stay safe. Stay evil. All right. Thanks, man. Peace. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.